0: Welcome to the Everything ECE podcast. My name is Carla Ward, and joining me today on the show is Adva Hanan, an early childhood educator who holds a bachelor's degree in psychology and early childhood education, as well as a master's degree in education. She has specializations in special education and educational leadership. Adva also runs her own small business where she helps teachers regain their confidence in their teaching abilities by providing professional development programs. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I am so glad you're on. You and I have been working together for almost well over a year now, working on our businesses and working together to improve the world of early childhood education and support those educators. So I am so glad we get to talk a little bit more about how teachers can help themselves in the classroom.
1: Yeah, I'm super excited. I cannot believe it's been a year. I know. I know. When I looked back
0: at it, I was like, holy cow, we have been meeting almost every week for a year. Adva, actually, when we first started working together on our working sessions, Adva was still in the classroom and has now left the classroom to work on her business full time because she saw that there was a gap in education. And she felt that she was able to help educators more being out of the classroom than in. Let's talk about some of your struggles that pushed you out of the classroom because you saw the need.
1: Yeah, my biggest struggle was not getting the support that I actually needed within my classroom. And that was when I first started teaching. And honestly, that was even in my seventh year of teaching where I really struggled to feel like I was supported and not just in the sense of my boss had my back, but in the sense of helping me to navigate the struggles that were happening inside my classroom. And honestly, the struggles that were happening outside of my classroom that related to teaching. And so that's kind of where I saw the gap that was happening. But one experience that really stood out to me and that really made um, an impact on my decision to start this business in the first place was I was a first year lead teacher. um, And I was doing well. I was I, I knew what I was doing. I knew I was in the middle of a ma- my master's degree. I had already taught for a few years. And there was a teacher across the hall from me who, it was her first year as a lead teacher. And she had just been given this position after being an assistant for a few years. And she came in frazzled. Like there was a lot of stuff going on outside of the house and outside of the, the classroom and inside her home. But also she just didn't know where to begin. And because I was in the middle of my master's teaching for the first time as a lead teacher and directing camp all at the same time, I didn't have like the time to really like help her out. And I really, really wanted to. Um, But what ended up happening was that there was a lot of drama inside that classroom with the other teachers because the other teachers really didn't feel like she knew what she was doing and didn't feel like she was doing the job that she needed to do as the lead teacher. And come the end of March that year, she was told that she wasn't welcome back. And so sad. Part, I know. And part of that is because she didn't get the support. She didn't get the help that she needed. And as much as I wanted to help her, I was a teacher right by her side. I was the same. I was in the same role. I was doing the same things. The only difference is I felt more confident. I I had that master's degree that was helping me through it, I guess. I don't really know. I also in my first year had the support of my boss and she really had my back even though I didn't teach a single lesson until April. So I got really lucky and she didn't this teacher didn't and I just I was learning about leadership because I have the specialization in educational leadership and that was where I was like This is not acceptable. Like, this is what the administration is supposed to be doing, and they're not able to do it. So, they need to find other ways to make sure that their teachers are supported. And so, that's kind of where my business came to fruition. And it's changed a lot over the last few years, but it's definitely something that, like, is a goal of mine to really change the early childhood field and to make sure that it changes for the better and make sure that the teachers are always supported in some way. Absolutely. And setting your staff up for success
0: should really be the priority of a center because asking that teacher to leave at the end of March, A, would have been heartbreaking for everybody. I mean, imagine being that teacher and thinking you're not good enough when really it's that you weren't set up for success. But I also want to ask you, why do you think admin couldn't support her or support in general? Why is that where the ball gets dropped? Why is that where admin slips
1: up? Think that a lot of times admin have a lot of things going on um, outside of just their teachers in the classroom. Um, it's about how a team is working together. It's about any parents who, who are having issues or who need to get their child evaluated or who have a problem with a teacher or whatever it is. Plus a lot of times the admin are dipping into other aspects of the school itself. You know, for example, when I was teaching, my boss was not only the early childhood director, but she was the associate principal. And so she had her toe dipped in a lot of different areas of the school and that unfortunately gets in the way of being able to, to really support teachers in the way that's uh, really necessary. Um, but not only that, like I think a lot of times admin are not always good at asking for help because as teachers, we're not good at asking for help. Like that's a, that's a common thing because we're afraid that it's, if we're going to be thought of as incompetent, or we're going to be told that we're not good enough for the job that we're doing. And I feel like as admin, that also can be the root of why they're not able to support, you know, and I, and I always say this, it comes from the top. So if, if an admin's not doing their job, who's above them, that's not doing the job that they need to support that admin. Um, And I feel like that's a huge part as like an admin of a camp, the people above me were not always doing their part and it was always blamed on me because i was the face of the camp but i wasn't always being taken seriously or people weren't in, weren't willing to invest and that's also a huge thing you know admin need to be willing to invest and they need to get those funds to invest in their teachers um, not only, you know, on the supplies level, but like on their education and on their learning.
0: Oh, absolutely. And also on the mental health breaks because I mean, I can speak from experience. One of the biggest struggles when I took over a supervisor was just trying to cover a sick staff. Or if a staff got sick in the middle of the day trying to get coverage, like, you know, having to be pulled into the classroom to cover somebody that has to go home sick it derails your day as an admin, but it also makes the staff feel guilty, which they absolutely should not when they need to take a day off. Everybody has a right to take a day off, whether you are sick or you just need a day. So I definitely think that, and I think sometimes we just don't have the time to ask for help and admin needs to do that check-in.
1: Right. And the problem is, is that neither the admin nor the teachers have always have time to ask for that. And I think that what we can do as, as an admin, I feel like we do this as, as business owners. We check in with the people who are either invested, have either invested in our stuff or are on our email list. And we want to know how they're doing all of the, like we do these little checkpoints and in schools, that's not necessarily happening. So important because
0: I hate surprises. So for me, my team always knew, like, I would rather you tell me too much information or tell me something that you think is silly because if it escalates, I need a heads up and I don't need it when, you know, the bucket's already overflowed. Yep. Right. And that communication is so, so crucial.
1: Yeah. So I, I can say that in terms of communication for me and asking for help, at the beginning of my career, of my teaching, I, I had no idea what I needed, but in the last year I was able to stand up for myself. I was able to, you know, say like, this is what I need and figure out ways to get it. I didn't always get that help, but at least I know that I, I said something about it.
0: And it's so important. And you've come to turn to that. And I think you've realized that, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, because you've now entered the world of business. So you've been exposed like me to people who are not in the early childhood field. So we're looking at how different businesses run their companies, how they run their staff, how they run their teams. And we're trying to find ways to introduce that into the early childhood world because it works. That communication works, having strong teams work, having your supply teachers works, that mental health leave. All of that makes for a stronger business. And at the end of the day, That's what childcare is. It's a business and it's even a bigger business because we're supporting little ones and our teams.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think just being exposed to business, uh, to the business world is just kind of eye opening because when you don't come across a lot of business owners who know a lot about the education world no um, and definitely i haven't <laughs> and I have been in like coaching programs and whatever where I just feel like but you but you're telling me to price this at this rate when I know my audience and I know that they're not going to do that so it's like this whole it, it's interesting to kind of like figure out a balance between like the real business world and then also knowing that your business is geared toward early childhood educators Absolutely. And
0: again, perfect example about when staff are off sick, there are businesses that say, you know, if you don't feel well, just take the day off. And I know with COVID, it's a little bit more extreme, but Mm -hmm. I'm talking about just on a general, you don't feel like working today because just from a mental standpoint, well, as ECEs, we really have to think about, well, who's going to be with the children that I spend every day with, right? Like we don't put ourselves first and we should definitely start doing more of that. But there's yeah. definitely a trickle effect when a staff member is off.
1: For sure. And and now more than ever, it's more challenging because COVID has honestly taken over our classrooms. Yes. And I think that with the huge teacher shortage that we're seeing um, all over, there's the, the question of is there even going to be someone to be able to take over my classroom when I take the day off?
0: And it's a valid question. And yeah. whether you're admin or teacher, I mean, that is enough to panic and cause stress, right?
1: Which is, we do not need any more stress in our lives. Hence why I'm going to sub in the next two and a half yes. weeks. Yes. Oh my goodness. I can hear the stress in my, in, in my boss's voice. <laughs> like I, I heard it. And you know, a teacher has a sick father and she had to travel elsewhere and there's nothing you can do about it. All you can do is try to find someone to take over. And if you can't, unfortunately that classroom is going to be understaffed.
0: Right. And then you land up putting people at risk big time, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. So we are definitely here to take our business experiences and what we've done as leaders in our programs as early childhood educators and talk about how teachers and educators can confidently step into their classroom and ask for what they need. So help us out. What are some steps that teachers can start taking?
1: So what I have found is that, and I never thought of myself as a quote leader. I always thought of as, you know, the administration was in the leadership roles or even like the superintendents and whatever. You never think of teachers don't think of themselves as leaders, but at the end of the day, they are leading their classroom, they are leading their students. And so I was kind of thinking to myself, there's nothing about how to take that, take your role as a teacher and build your confidence to be that leader inside the classroom. Uh, Does that make sense? Yes. So what I did was I took three things that I incorporated and internalized into my classroom. And I wrote them out in step-by-step, in a step-by-step process. So step number one for me is mindset. And growth mindset is a big topic now, not only in education, but in a lot of different fields. But in early childhood, we actually actually incorporate that growth mindset into our classroom. Like we build those relationships with our students. We, We do so much inside our classroom that incorporates growth mindset. But what I've read lately is that if teachers only incorporate growth mindset and don't necessarily internalize that growth mindset, it doesn't actually have so much of an effect. And so that first step is really talking about how you can not only incorporate that growth mindset, but also internalize it as the teacher and in your life. Because at the end of the day, having that growth mindset can help you grow. It can help you learn. It can help you be that early childhood educator that you want to be.
0: Yeah. So
1: that like kind of was the first step because even if you don't have a growth mindset all the time and that's totally okay and totally normal, at least you know that you are working on it. You know, like I have my days where I just don't feel like i'm doing anything productive and i'm hard on myself and i feel like i'm being lazy and that's not necessarily a growth mindset but at the end of the day i am able to take that and say okay let me work through these feelings and then how am i going to how am i going to step out of that fixed mindset i guess you can call it and go back to working towards the goals that i've set for myself feeling more confident in myself in my business in my teaching etc So that was step one. (laughs) Um, Step two is building relationships. And it is a crucial part of teaching. And I think that in early childhood, it's more, you have more of that building relationship with students inside the classroom because they're so young. They really need to learn to trust you. But I am not only talking about building relationships with students, but building relationships with families and building relationships with colleagues. Because I know that the standard is, well, I want to get to know my kids. And of course we do, because that's what we're there for. We're there to make a difference inside those children's lives. But there's another part of that child that needs to be developed and needs to be understood by you. You know, their family is a big, big part of their life. They're young. They're still relying on their families. As intimidating (laughs) as that might be, what I talk about is how if you build those relationships with those families, you end up feeling more confident when you do have to discuss something that's a not so fun subject. Right. So, like when you have to go and talk to a parent about their child's behaviors, who the hell wants to do that? But at the end of the day, if you know you have that positive relationship with them and you know that they trust you, it's an easier conversation. For sure. Yeah. And then... The relationships with your your colleagues, and the reason I emphasize this is because when you have a relationship with the other teachers, it gives you the opportunity to collaborate. It gives you the opportunity to lean on other teachers for support, and it gives you that community. Um, And a lot of people say, like, I'm not going to work to make friends. No, you're right. You're not. But at the end of the day, having those teachers have your back and Be a support is huge in your teaching career, because if you're feeling alone and you feel like you don't have that community, it can have an effect on whether or not you stay in the education world. It can have an effect on how you, how you incorporate and internalize a growth mindset in the classroom. It really just has an effect on everything. And then step number three is reflection. And everybody talks about reflective teaching practice. But not everybody actually takes the time to reflect because as teachers, we're busy (laughs) just a little. We have a lot to do. And even even administrators need to reflect. Like it's not only necessarily teachers that need to do that. It's also administrators. What's going what's working? What's not working? How can I change it inside the classroom? How can I change my behavior when I'm talking to my teachers? You know, like all of that. It all coincides, but it's all super important in the way you end up showing up for yourself and for your students inside the classroom. Oh,
0: without a doubt. The trickle effect, like we were saying, everything comes from the top. Mud travels downhill. And that's me using a nice (laughs) word. Um, (laughs) Because the thing is, is that if you are not reflecting as an admin, how can you support your teachers in their reflection? And if teachers are not reflecting, how can they help students reflect on their learning? So the trickle effect has to start from within. And we have to all be doing it because otherwise we're stuck. We're going to be standing in the same place instead of moving forward.
1: Right, exactly. And that's why, that's why I developed my the course. That's why I came up with these steps because I realized that as my, as the years went on when I was teaching, those are the things that I started to incorporate. Those are the things that I started to add into my quote to-do list so that I could react better in the classroom. I could respond instead of react more like it. And I know that even with difficult conversations, I have a team that's supporting me. I have my boss that's supporting me. And I know that the families trust me enough for me to be able to give them the truth of what's going on.
0: That's huge. That's huge. Now, just to circle back a little bit, what is your course called? become your own classroom guru. Perfect. So we will also have all that information on our podcast notes for you to check out so that you can also connect with Adva and ask any questions. You also have a gift for us today.
1: I do. I, as I was mentioning, I love classroom leadership and I know that a lot of people don't really talk about it, but teachers are leaders, whether or not you actually consider yourself one and so what i did is i took a bunch of research and there were four different kinds of leaders like different leadership styles that really relate to the classroom it's not the normal leadership styles that you hear about like servant leadership etc um it's really based on teachers and so what i have done is i put it together a quiz only eight questions and from that quiz you will be able to identify what kind of leader you are inside the classroom and honestly, where you can grow and where you can learn.
0: Very cool. So we will make sure to include that in our podcast notes as well. Anything else in terms of transforming ourselves and being and upping our game in the classroom? Boundaries. Oh, yes. Tell me more.
1: (laughs) Boundaries are really important. I actually saw yesterday, I saw a post on Instagram about how burnout has become this like normal thing in a teacher's life. And this person was actually talking about how it's not normal and it shouldn't be a normalized thing. Um, And it really resonated with me. And I thought to myself, like you get to burnout when you don't have those set boundaries, when you don't communicate to your boss, to your students, families, when those boundaries are like, when you can handle having them reach out to you and when it's just time for you and your family and your spouse and whoever else and that was something that I actually did in my first 3 in my 3 years as a lead teacher um in the classroom and I set really strict boundaries because I I just I know myself and I know that I will burn out and so what I did was I worked my contracted hours and I didn't stay late very often if I stayed late it would be a half hour. It would not be any more than the half hour. Like I have seen so many teachers who stay until six, seven o'clock.
0: Right here, (laughs) been there, that's me or was me back in the day. And burnout is exactly what happened.
1: Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, burnout has become like this, like common thing that is just, you know, a part of being a teacher. And I don't think that's true. I think that burnout happens when you aren't setting those strict boundaries <laughs> and when you aren't when you're literally setting expectations for yourself that just aren't realistic
0: no and we cannot be accessible to people all the time i've actually been really good at setting boundaries but this week i've definitely noticed for myself personally i've allowed certain boundaries to be flexed and from a stress point of view i can already tell a difference so i could not agree more is putting those boundaries in place is so key
1: Yeah, putting those boundaries and also knowing that those boundaries don't make you a bad teacher. Putting those boundaries up does not make you a bad teacher. It just makes you a human being who is trying to have some kind of balance. And you're allowed to have that even as an educator. Such
0: an important message. Absolutely. So how can people connect with you over Instagram to keep getting these lovely nuggets of information?
1: (laughs) I actually have a post about this, about how you're not a bad teacher if you set boundaries, but that's a different story. You can find me on Instagram at Shaping Little Minds Podcast. And if you search my podcast on Spotify or iTunes, you will also find that there. Those are like my two main platforms. And if you have any questions, my messages are always open.
0: Amazing. Well, that's how we met was over Instagram because Uh your messages were open. (laughs) (laughs) That is exactly how we met. So Adva is an awesome person to reach out to. And I definitely encourage you to reach out to her. Thank you so much for coming on today. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for having me.